Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the LFC Fan Zone podcast. I'm Sam Isles. And I'm Jack Ellis. And each episode, we'll be talking to our next Leeds United player or manager about their time at the club. Last episode, with Javier Fleury, Ilian Messier's agent. And on the show, Javier spoke about life as a football agent and Messier's career so far, as well as an insight into Ilan's future. And I don't know about you, Jack, but for me, it was refreshing to hear Javier speak on the show about Meslier because for him, it seemed as if it wasn't about money for either himself or Ilan, which can't be said about most modern day football agents. Yeah, he had Ilan's best interests at heart. You know, you could, you could hear that from him. Um, obviously, he's a big thing and he kept mentioning it was game time for Ilan. And I think, which he is right in saying, in my opinion, that game time is make or break with a keeper. The more game time they play, the more experienced. So if you get a keeper who's been out on loan at a few clubs, as opposed to Elon, who might be two or three years younger, and he's had years in the Premier League, you're going to say, even though he's a younger keeper, he's a more experienced keeper. So yeah, I think he was bang on in that respect. Yeah, definitely. And that was a key point for him that he mentioned throughout the show, wasn't it? Meslier wanting to be a number one goalkeeper at any club, and thankfully it's at Leeds. And another thing which was great to hear was the fact that Javier believed that Meslier would be at Leeds for many years to come. Javier believed that for Ilan, it was more important and more valuable to him to become successful and to win trophies at a club like Leeds, where anything like that success would be seen as a huge achievement. Whereas if he was to move on to a club, like he said, Real Madrid, Juventus or Bayern Munich, they regularly win trophies and regularly have success. So to have that at Leeds, which was his ambition, would be seen as a far greater achievement. That was a standout quote from the episode, in my opinion, I think. Uh, you know, use the word beautiful. It'd be more beautiful to win a, a title or a league with Leeds, which I think I think, I think, I think is bang on, obviously. Real Madrid and Bayern are big clubs and their expectations are to compete in Champions Leagues. And, for, and if Elon stays at Leeds for a amount of time where in an ideal world where we are challenging for the Champions League, then yeah, that would be fantastic. And I think, even his agent said as well, I think he's got a massive future ahead of him. And I think the longer we keep him at Leeds, the better. Yeah, definitely. And if you haven't had the chance to listen to that previous episode with Javier Fleury, who, of course, is Ilan Mesley's agent, or if you've missed any of our other shows, they're all available on Spotify, YouTube and Apple Podcasts simply by searching the LUFC Fan Zone Podcast. Just before we go into today's show... Today's episode is sponsored by the Mystery Football Kit Co. So the guys over at Mystery Football Kit Co have reached out to us and happily agreed to sponsor the podcast and support us as a small business ourselves. Uh, they are Leeds fans and what they are offering is a Mystery Football Kit Box. And if you're not sure what a Mystery Football Kit Box is, it's the opportunity to get your hands on a shirt you might not have got before. It's from any team, from any time, including this season as well, all over the globe. All you have to do is select your size on their website as well as any kits or colours you don't want to feature in your mystery box. So obviously you'll be selecting no red kits in that category straight away. And your very own mystery shirt will arrive on your doorstep and you won't know what kit you've received until you open up. All of their shirts are hand-picked to each order and every item is of high quality and I must emphasise as well genuine brand new football shirt from either this year or any previous year from any club around the world. And because of our partnership, as well as the fact that we like to look out for our listeners, if you enter the code LUFC Fanzone at checkout, you'll receive 10% off your order. So make sure you head over to Mystery Football Kitco on Instagram or www.mysteryfootballkitco.com 
to check them out and make sure you add the discount code LUFC Fanzone at checkout. But on to today's episode, and for the second show in a row with another current football agent. However, today's guest is more well known for his huge success as a player as opposed to being an agent. After winning Champions League trophies at both Porto and Barcelona, an FA Cup with Chelsea, and coming runner-up in the Ballon d'Or 2004, he hung his boots up in 2013 and pursued a career in the football agency world. After founding the D20 Sports Agency, he now manages over 20 players, including Leeds United's most recent signing, Rafinha. This week, we're delighted to be joined by former Porto, Barcelona and Chelsea midfielder and the founder of D20 Sports Agency, Deco. Deco, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, guys. Uh, welcome. Obviously, you had a fantastic career as a player, winning the Champions League with both Porto and Barcelona and winning the UEFA Football of the Year in 2004 and winning both the Premier League and the FA Cup at Chelsea in 2010. However, today we're planning to speak to you as your life as an agent. So, just firstly, you retired from football in 2013 and after your retirement, you founded the D20 Sports Agency. How long after your retirement was the D20 Sports Agency founded and what made you want to become a football agent? First thing is, uh, I know, if you don't know, uh, I was very young, too young when I came to Portugal. I was 18 years old. And this, I, I remember the difficult was, uh, we came to Europe, a uh, young player trying to, to get my, my dream to become a, uh, a good footballer and uh all these experiences made me uh think about to be Asian you know uh, this transition to Europe from Brazilian players is, is difficult uh, when they are young like Rafinha for example when he comes he arrives in in Portugal in Guimarães that's why I believe that this made me uh think about this this kind of of business, no. I I don't want to be a coach. Um, uh, I like this kind of management about players and the clubs. That's why I my choice was that. And we've seen it quite a lot with footballers of the modern era, and especially here in the UK with Steven Gerrard, Wayne Rooney, and of course your former teammate Frank Lampard. That when players retire, and especially players like yourself who played at the very top level they become head coaches and managers. And although you said that you didn't want to do it, at any point in your career, was there ever an option you wanted to go down? Or did you always have your eyes on being a football agent? I, In my case, I I like, like I said, I like management, you know. And I had two, I had opportunities to work in clubs. and uh, But uh, I started to work with Fabinho, was the first player that we, we worked in when we, we brought, we brought him from Paulina, a small club in Brazil. We put him in, in Fluminense. After that, he moved to Portugal. And after, you know, he's played very well in Liverpool. And uh, I, I start to do it and I like it. I enjoy doing that. Uh, I think for my, my life, for my, my style, for my family, it's, it's different. I can adapt. Uh, it's, it's hard because you need to, to work a lot. You need to travel. But at the end, I believe that I have something to to help the young players. I have something that I believe that I can help them to to get uh, a good career, to to reach your dreams in uh, 
this is it's not, I, I can't explain what why I decide, but it's something that I start to do it, and uh, I like it. Yeah, and seven years on from your retirement now, D20 Sports now has 23 clients, and all of which are players, most of which from Brazilian or Portuguese descent. But as an agency, how do you attract clients to D20 Sports, and what characteristics do you personally look for in a player before you choose to represent them? I think the first the important thing, my my opinion, is believe in the player. If you don't believe in him, it's impossible to work for him, you know? Uh, first thing you need to, to see the player and believe that in potential, his potential, believe that he his character, and believe that you can do something for him. Of course, I, I always say to to the players that uh, the more important thing is what they can do in in the field, you know, and the training and uh, how much they 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 want to to put every day to work hard. And this is uh, and it, we can help them. Uh, behind, but the the important job and the, they need to do it on the on every day, not just on the games, but every day. But for us, I I need to believe. I need to believe in everything, not just about players. Like uh, okay, if they are good or not, but if they are good person, if they really want to 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 make something different. No? And one of your most valuable players at D Twenty Sports is, of course, like you've mentioned, Leeds United new signing Rafinha. Am I right in saying that you first became aware of Rafinha and first started working with him in 2016 when he was at Avai and was playing in the Copa Sao Paulo, which was one of Brazil's most heavily scouted youth tournaments? Yeah. Rafinha, the first thing I saw him, this is the question, no? uh, is was his capacity to, to work on the, on the, like a winger, but just, just to attack, to defend. And this was something that he, he had always... Uh, even when he was 17, when I saw him the first time. And uh, that's why I, I saw different things in him. Uh, this kind of uh, dribbling, you know, uh, skills like a Brazilian player, but at the same time, his he's capa- capacity to work hard uh, for the team. This is something that he always had. And since the beginning, when I was, he was in Hawaii, when he moved to Portugal, he's, he he kept doing the same, and this is something that I believe is, of course, is very good player. He attacks, he scores goals, but for me, is something that he he gives everything for the team. This is important for for the player today. And in that tournament in Sao Paulo, like you said, he was still only seventeen. And although Rafinha himself hasn't really spoke much about his childhood and his life at that age. He has spoke about a foundation that he set up to help people from his neighbourhood, something which he created to help people in that area where he grew up to have a better life. But how much do you know about the area that Rafinha grew up in and Rafinha at that age? Because it seems like he was surrounded by quite a lot of drugs and violence, which might have made it harder for him to pursue his dream of being a professional footballer. I know I know a little bit because I have some friends uh, grew up there too. Uh, and they became players like a Chinga, you know, he's a famous player in Brazil. He plays in Internacional, in Brazilian national team too. And um, this is something that Rafinha, uh, he, he was difficult for him for sure, because it's not easy to get out of all these kind of problems, no? But 
I believe that the the key and the the, the Rafinha is his family. His family is they are very good family. Uh, his father, uh, his mom, his, fa his father, and they are very strong unity. And uh, I believe that this is was important for him. And of course, uh, he always want to to win. He he, he knows. And uh, Rafinha, if you see his when he was uh, young, he was. He played like uh, three or four teams, and they they don't give opportunity for him. And he he's doing every time he's trying again, again, again. And uh, I believe this is uh, something that his family gives to him, no? And uh, his structure of familiar, and uh, I believe this was was very important for him. And after that youth tournament in São Paulo, you helped Rafinha move to Portugal first with Vitória, and then to Sport in Lisbon in 2018. How much of an influence did you have on them transfers and advising Rafinha to move to Portugal? Because it was the same path that you took as a player moving from Brazil to a big team in Portugal. Obviously for you it was Benfica and Porto, but for Rafinha it was Sporting. I was say to Rafinha and of course for all the players that we, we tried to work, but some, some players, they listed us. The other players, they don't listen. That's something normal. No? And uh, that the career is step by step. You can reach the the sky if you don't go go up every day, every day, and step by step. You need to you need to to do very well in the clubs. And uh, for example, Rafinha did he did very well in Guimarães. After he moved to Sporting, he start again new team, new club, and new teammates. And uh, he he adapt very well, and he start to play well. And uh, when he moved to Re to Rennes in uh, in France was the same. And now he leads. I believe this is uh, Rafinha. His capacity to adapt is 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 amazing. I don't. Uh, if you speak with the teammates, he's a guy that everyone likes him. He's a very good kid, and uh, he wants to play. He likes to play. He if you see he he's enjoying when he was at the pitch. At the same time. He has this kind of responsibility on, on the game uh, by the team. But at the same time, he's enjoying. This is very important for him. And after just one year at Sport, and like he said, Rafinha moved to France and to Rennes for a reported fee of €21 million, Euros, which made him Rennes' record signing. But I know you just touched on it before, but more specifically, how did Rafinha feel about his switch to Rennes, especially of the weight of being a record signing, his extra weight on his shoulders, and obviously entering a new country as well? And also, when he was at Sporting, he said that he was happy to stay at Sporting and had no reason to leave. I don't know. You know, the, the, sometimes in football, you don't understand what the, the coach thinks or the club thinks. I think Rafinha was doing very well. And... Um, when the hand they decide to to transfer him, I believe it was very good opportunity for all the clubs and Leeds. Uh, they did a very good job to to reach Rafinha earlier than the other the, the clubs, in my opinion. Uh, and I believe, I believe, no, I'm sure that this movement was very good for Rafinha. Of course, Rennes is a good club, Leeds a historical club too, and he's playing Premier League. It's the best league. In at this moment of the world, and uh, his football for me is, 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 is style, Premier League style, and that's why I believe his movement, this movement was was very good for 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 his career. 
In the greatest of respects to Rennes and the French League One, when Rafinha moved to France from, from Spartan, who were obviously a huge side in a very successful league, he moved to the French League where the quality might have been a step down from the Portuguese League and especially Spartan Lisbon. And the season before he joined, Rennes finished 10th, which was quite a poor season for them. And because of that, realistically, did you and Rafinha see that move as a way for him to play and showcase his talent in France with the aim to get a bigger transfer to, like you said, a big league like the Premier League? At that time, Sporting had a lot of problems, financial problems, you know. And they had three or four players maximum to sell. And um, I believe that time the decision wasn't technical decision, was a financial decision. And uh, there was three or four clubs uh, that for Rafinha to choice. And of course, when uh, was a club that for the French football is similar like a Premier League football. And... Uh, he, we had some options to Italy, for example, and that my opinion to Rafinha was moved to France because for his football, um, my opinion, he was up better than Italy, for example. And, uh, that's why we, this movement wasn't, wasn't our decision, you know. In sports, they need money that time. And, uh, we bring, we broke the two or three offers and of course Rafinha decided, but Sporting was, Sporting made the, the movement first, you know. Yeah. And, he became one of Rennes' most important players. And as a result, Leeds became interested in signing him at the start of this season following their promotion to the Premier League. When were you first aware of Leeds' interest? Because to fans, it seemed as if, like, at first, Rennes didn't want to sell Rafinha. And then late on in the transfer window, he became available and Leeds jumped at that opportunity. So, uh, I don't know uh, why, uh, but. I remember that uh, at the beginning they don't want to sell Rafinha. They they want to wait for minimum one year more. And uh, when I spoke with the club, man, one week to to close the window, close transfer window, they they say to me that maybe they could think about this this movement for Rafinha. I start to work. I spoke with Leeds because I knew that Vitor Orta likes him very well. And uh, Victor called me and said, okay, maybe it's possible or not. We see. And what was too, too fast. But like I said, football is sometimes this kind of opportunities, no? And, uh, I believe Leeds, they made a good decision. And, uh, he's adapted very well. He's helped there. And I believe for, for Leeds, it was a good moment too. Yeah, absolutely. He's arguably been one of our best players this season. But because of, his successful season at Rennes, were there any other clubs interested in signing Rafinha at that point, as well as Leeds? There was two or three clubs, Italian clubs, and uh, but like I said, uh, Premier League was it was the it's, it's the best league at this moment. Rafinha, he, he wants to play in the high level. Of course, his decision was Leeds because of that. Obviously, at the time, although Leeds, like you said, are in the Premier League, Ren qualified for the Champions League, which is obviously something which Leeds couldn't offer. So was that ever a factor of why Rafinha might have wanted to stay as opposed to leave France? No, like I say, I, I we don't know. I, I we don't know. We are not sure why 
the band decide to sell Rafinha because this is a question for them, it's not for for Rafinha. And um, Leeds was a the, the the Leeds the decision to come to Leeds was because it's a historical club. Of course, the coach was important for his decision too because he's a very good coach. He knows that he could learn a lot of of the coach and uh, it in full sometimes it's important when someone wants you really wants you know and uh leads they show how much they want Hatinha. Uh that's why it was important for him. He became was happy there he he, he saw uh the people when they call when Victor and the president they call him and they want him, you know. And this is important for the players too. When the people show, or the club shows how how much they they really want to, and what I believe that this is was uh, what Leeds did, did, and that's why they convinced Hafinha to come. And at some points during that final day of the transfer window, which was the day that Rafinha moved to Leeds, the transfer went really close to the transfer deadline, and it was confirmed less than an hour before the cut-off point. Was there any reason as to why it took so long to complete? Because to fans, it caused some panic as to something might have gone wrong or there might have been a little click in the in the deal. No, it was a legal legal problem. You know, the lawyers and of course the last day it's not easier to bring them all the transfers, the documents, and this is something that uh, is a little bit complicated. But at the end, everything uh, happens and. Of course, we we were a little bit anxious too, but uh, we knew that the deal was closed. It's just some kind of points that they need the clubs need to to finalize. And I know you touched on Marcelo before, but how much exactly did Bielsa affect the transfer? Because we spoke to Helu Rodriguez, who is the agent of uh, Diego Lorente, and they've said that. Bielsa has personally contacted them to show how he would coach the players. Did you ever have that contact with Bielsa at all? No, the, uh, I, I, I don't. You don't need to to talk up with the coach because you know he's Bielsa. Is Bielsa, no? <laughs> everyone knows him, and uh, I believe that when we speak about Bielsa, we know how one, how how good he is, and uh, because he wants to play football. His team likes to play, and they 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 play football. They want to attack, and of course, when the for a player like Rafinha, uh, it's fantastic, you know, for strikers, for wingers, it's amazing. Had one one coach, one coach like like Bielsa, because and everyone knows that when he likes the players, he gives confidence in the players. They they can play on his level, you know, on the high level. The price for Rafinha from Rennes to Leeds was reported at 17 million or 20 million euros, which, whichever you want to look at it, which is less than what Rennes paid for Rafinha just a year before. And I know it's between Leeds and Rennes to decide the fee and it isn't your responsibility as such. However, why do you personally think Rennes let Rafinha leave for such a low price? And especially he was one of their standout players during the season when he was there. Look, like I said, I don't know why. Uh, I I don't believe was uh because if you don't know if you know uh Rennes they changed the sport director they changed the last year and um, not the coach but the sport director the guy the president bringing Hafinha uh, he wasn't there 
I don't know if it was a financial decision, it was a technical decision, but at the end, more important is the future. And Rafinha uh, is now at least he's playing well, he's enjoying, and uh, maybe, maybe when uh, they look Rafinha now playing, maybe say maybe they made a mistake. I don't know, but the, the important thing is to look in front, now to look uh, the future, and uh, this is more important. Yeah, and like you said, so far this season, Rafinha has been outstanding for Leeds and he's already one of our key players but did you expect him to have this sort of impact in English football and in Leeds because like you know from making the switch to a different country to the Premier League yourself the Premier League is quite a different league to many other European leagues I um, I believe that I always think that Hafinha He's growing up, okay, uh, because he's his age. No, he became every year, every day, uh, better player than before. And of course, not easy to come to another country to adapt. It's another league, but uh, I think that the team is good, and the teammates are good, and uh, I believe that he he's happy playing leads. This is the first thing to. To adapt, you know, when you, the people, the teammates receive you very well and, uh, you feel like a family in the, in the dress room and, uh, the coach helps you. This is something that make more easier you adapt or not. And I believe that he, he found this in, uh, he found this in this club. And that's why he's, in my opinion, is for sure one of the things that he's making Hafinha playing well and, and, if you see in the pitch, he's happy. If you see him uh, on the game with his teammates, this is important. And that's why I believe this was key for him for to adapt, in my opinion. And on the topic of yourself, Deco, you played in England between 2008 and 2010 at Chelsea, a team which are one of Leeds' biggest rivals. And although Leeds and Chelsea were in different leagues at that time, meaning that you didn't get the chance to play against Leeds... During your time at Chelsea, did you learn anything about Leeds which may have meant that you knew that they were a good fit for Rafinha, if that makes sense? I always knew Leeds, no, because of the players and uh, the history of a lot of good players. And uh, it's a striker club. And uh, when when Rafinha, because it's a different time. My time was 2010. Now Rafinha, his movement was one year ago. It's almost 10 years after. And, uh, this last 10 years, the Premier League improved a lot. Leeds was the second division, became for the first division. But at the end, Leeds is still being, uh, a fantastic club, a historical club. And, uh, I don't know. For Rafinha, uh, my experience was different because I was in Chelsea that time. And of course, it's, it's, my experience helped me to, to give some advice for him, but it was a different time. And because of his amazing starts this season, his fantastic performances in the Premier League, there are already reports that other clubs, some at the very top of the Premier League, might be looking to sign Rafinha at the end of the season. And Rafinha spent just one year at Sporting Lisbon and one season at his previous club, Wren. However, do you think that he'll spend more than one year at Leeds? Or do you think there's a possibility that <laughs> if his performances are, continue to be as good as they are, that he might have to move on? Like I said, we never know. 
uh, we never know. But uh, it's not time to think about that. It's, uh, it's time to to play football. And I believe this team can reach something important this season. And uh, I think uh, I'm sure that Rafinha, he only think about that. Uh, I know that it's, it's normal that, that there's a lot of speculation about transfer and everything, but I believe that this, there's a time for this, you know. This is not the time. The time is work. The time is for to play, having his head elite. We never know, but I think it's, it's too early to talk about that. First thing you need to, he needs, we need to finish this league in the best qualification possible. And, uh, I believe that Hafin is enjoying this is more important. Sometimes you need to make another movement. It's, it's not, of course, it's, it's a club decision first. Always you need to respect the club. And, uh, but I, at this moment, Hafin and, and for our side, we don't, we don't think about that. Of course, you know, football. Is 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 too fast. Something uh, the clubs we know that. Uh, of course, when you are playing very well in the Premier League, there are other clubs they they are interested in him. All of course, but for, it's, it's it's not my it's not my. If I I I can't speak for Hafia too. He's he's enjoying Leeds, of course, maybe one day. But for now, we our focus is is just to play. Start still enjoying the club. As always, in this second section of the show, we put forward four questions to our guests, which have been submitted by some of our LUFC fans on Instagram followers. To have a chance of featuring, simply head over to our LUFC fans on Instagram page and look out for our guest announcement, where the best four questions in the comments section of that post will feature in this section of the show. This week's first question comes from Dara, who asks, When you were a player, would you like to play in a team coached by Marcelo Bielsa? And if so, why? I would like because uh, I think that he's a very good coach, a lot of experience. Uh, when you see his team, all the teams play football. They like to play football. They enjoy playing football. This is important. And uh, especially for me, I, I used to play football. I was to play like a midfielder. And uh, it would be amazing to play with Bielsa because uh, the game never stopped. You always try to win. And uh, <laughs> this would be, would be, uh, would be a good experience if uh, I, my time passed. And, uh, of course, if I had a, I opportunity would be, would be nice. This week's second question comes from Jake, who asks, you played alongside some extremely talented players during your career. However, which of your former teammates remind you most of Rafinha and why? In my opinion, Rafinha, I, I, I never play. I play against him many times, against Di Maria, for example, not with him. For me, he's the player that I, I always like. And Rafinha has the same style, in my opinion. A little bit more goals than, than Di Maria. Uh, but I, I, I like Di Maria. That's why Rafinha is, in my opinion, is the same, the same style, left foot, uh, one against one, and uh, this kind of players I always enjoy. Next up is Patrick, who asks, although Rafinha's transfer fees and prices aren't influenced by you, what would be your valuation of Rafinha in the current transfer market? 
<laughs> I don't know. Uh, my opinion, I believe that Leeds made uh, a very good movement. Uh, I at that time I I never imagined that Hank could sell her finger for less than money that they paid. Uh, but my opinion is uh, his valuation is increasing. Of course, when you are playing football, uh, we know the transfers today, and of course we are we are at this moment with COVID. Uh, the market goes down a little bit, but uh, the the good players, his valuation always increases. Uh, I can say how much, but I believe that Hatfinha his valuation is much more than what Leeds paid for sure. Yeah, I think I think we can all agree on that one. And this week's final yeah. question comes from Reese, who asks, Rafinha is still only 24 years old and has many years ahead of him in his career. Because of that, how big a potential do you think Rafinha has? That's why I was saying to you guys, I believe that step by step. And uh, for Rafinha, he's amazing playing leads. He's uh, amazing learn with Bielsa. Uh, it's been amazing that this team still play football very well. Uh, that's why I told you it needs to be step by step. His potential it will increase if he play football, if he learns, and uh, that's why he's he's young. I I think so. He's young, but uh, the more important thing is football, and when you enjoy football, when you start, you know, learn. Try to learn for the teammates. Try to learn for the for the coach. And uh, he's a good club. The Leeds is a very good club for him. Uh, it's very important to to grow up, to put everything on the pitch. And uh, I don't know. I believe that he has a lot of potential. We are seeing that. And uh, I hope that he is keep enjoying play football and. Uh, and for you fans, uh, stay a little bit more for enjoying Leeds. <laughs> yeah, definitely for longer than this year, please. <laughs> and <laughs> and that ends today's episode. Thank you to everyone for sending their questions. And thank you so much for your time, Deco. It's been great having you on the show. Okay. Thank you, guys. We'll be back next week with another guest. Stay tuned for the post over on our LUFC Fan Zone Instagram later in the week. Thanks for listening.